This is Gesher, the podcast that's bridging the gap between the Jewish and evangelical Christian communities with conversations that matter. Here's your host, Ty Perry, with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Well, hello and welcome to this special edition of Gesher, recorded before a live studio audience at the famous Zender's Restaurant of Frankenmuth, Michigan. Now, you might be wondering, why are we recording this at a restaurant? Well, Zender's is the site of a Day with the Friends of Israel, an annual event where attendees join some of the Friends of Israel's Bible teachers to learn about prophecy and what God has to say about the last days. But this year, we have a very special guest, my friend and for 23 years, the editor of the Friends of Israel's award-winning magazine, Israel My Glory, Lorna Simcox. Lorna, welcome to A Day with the Friends of Israel, and welcome to Gesher. Thank you very much. I'm thrilled to be able to be here. Lorna, your story is, uh, yes, please, applause. (laughs) Your story has touched so many people uh, because you uh, detail not only the account of what your life was like growing up in an observant Jewish home, but also of how you came to know the Lord and it's a remarkable story. We're, we're not even going to be able to really scratch the surface today. Uh, and so I encourage listeners and attendees to make sure you get a copy of the search. And it has an updated cover. You might recognize this young lady on the front. Um, Nobody recognizes. <laughs> I can tell exactly who it is, Lorna. Um, I want us to begin uh, back to your, your earliest days. You were born and raised in Vermont yes. in a conservative Jewish home. Mm-hmm. Tell us about those growing up years. What was what was life like for a Jewish family in those post-war years? Well, um, we had the largest Jewish community in the state of Vermont because it was Burlington, which is the largest city. <clears throat> and we had a really a great family uh, atmosphere. Uh, I went to Hebrew school all the time from, I think, when I was five years old was when I started Hebrew school. And I went to public school, and then three days a week I went to Hebrew school. Two weekdays after school, and then on Sunday. And every time the synagogue doors were open, I was there. I was involved in youth group, and I went all through Hebrew high school. I was a youth group leader, and I went to conferences. You know, it was, it was great. I had no intentions of ever being anything but Jewish. I was happy being Jewish. I loved being Jewish. And... Um, I had a great childhood. My mom died when I was in high school, and my father died when I was in college. So I was on my own after that, and uh, I went into the newspaper business when I was in college. That's how I worked my way through college at the newspaper. So I want to talk a little bit about your religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. Now, this doesn't exactly translate to the Christian community, where even though you were raised in a, in a home that uh, you go to a conservative synagogue, your father didn't necessarily believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Your mother was a little more observant. Am I right in that? Can you talk about yes, that? Yes. I didn't even realize it. I knew my mother grew up Orthodox, that she uh, was raised Orthodox, and she wanted to light the candles on Shabbat. She taught me how to do it on Friday night. And I, I knew that my father didn't want anything to do with organized religion. But it really wasn't until I was in college that I finally asked him. And uh, because he would never let me date anyone who wasn't Jewish. And he was 
the sweetest guy, but he did tell me, he said, if you married anyone who's not Jewish, you know, you're dead to me. Mm. And that wasn't my dad. He was very affectionate, very demonstrative. He was just so sweet. And I, but then he told me one time, we were, my mom had already died, and he said he didn't believe in God. I asked him a question, and he said, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe in God. I said, what do you mean you don't believe in God? I can't date anyone who's not Jewish, and, and you don't believe in God? I don't get it. And he said that he felt that if there were a God, he would not have allowed six million Jewish people mm. to die in the Holocaust, which I found out later is not unusual for Very Jewish common. people to feel that way. And, but he wanted me to only date and marry someone Jewish because he felt that if we, the Jewish people didn't stick together, we would be annihilated. And he said, the Gentiles will never accept you. They'll never accept you. You will always be an outsider. Stick with your own people. Mm. And that was his feeling. I want to fast forward a little bit. Um, you mentioned your parents pass away. Mm -hmm. You're a young woman. Um, as an adult, you were and you are a go-getter. You're, you're <laughs> ambitious uh, in a good way, in a wonderful way. Um, you worked as a reporter. Eventually, you, mm. you traveled as uh, an installer of computer software for phototype setting systems. Mm -hmm. um, and this is where your life really starts to look like a fairy tale in many ways. <laughs> it was good. I had a good life. <laughs> yeah. Talk just briefly about that. Well, I... Um, I by the time I was 26, I was the um, the city editor for the newspaper, which is the largest newspaper in Vermont. But I was tired of being in Vermont. You know, I mean, there used to be a joke that was there were more cows than people in Vermont. There were definitely more cows than there were eligible Jewish men in Vermont, for sure. And uh, I felt if I didn't get out of Vermont, I would never get married, you know, and I, I, would, I was stuck in this tiny little town. So I started traveling and working for this uh, Dymographic Systems, and I was traveling, and that was where I met my, my first husband. Most of you probably know that I was widowed when I was 33 years old, and we had a three-year-old daughter. And um, I thought, and that time that I probably, when I married him, I would have told you I'd committed the unpardonable sin because <laughs> he was Baptist. <laughs> and I really had trouble with that. That was the biggest thing I had was feeling like I was betraying my parents and I was betraying my upbringing and I was marrying somebody who worshipped, uh, you know, a pagan god, mm -hmm. the way I looked at it. And, uh, that was when I was talking. Do you want me to? Yeah, go on. I, well, yeah. I was. I remember one day uh, I was talking to my husband, and I s asked him. I said, "You know, I don't. I don't understand." Uh, I, s I saw his mother. His his mother lived in North Carolina on the same farm that he grew up on, and she had been a widow since the 19, 1952 was when her husband died, and she had seven kids. And my husband was next to the oldest, and she had two left in high school. And I got very close to her, and I watched her very closely. She was very, very devoted to God, but in a way I'd never seen before because 
God was personal to her. You know, Jewish people have a lot of prayers. Everything is a rote prayer, a written prayer. You say the same thing over and over and over again. She didn't pray that way. I would watch her, and she would get down on her knees, and she was 76 years old at the time, and I knew she had arthritis, and she would pray, and she would say things like, well, she would tell her kids, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. The Lord doesn't like that. Or, you know, the, the Lord's not going to be happy with you. And she would tell me stories about things that God did for her, and it was very personal. It was like he was her best friend. He was right there with her all the time. I had never seen that before in my life. And she was as sure that she was going to heaven as though she'd already been there. And there was another aspect to that. In your, in your book, you write about how growing up, you, you understood who God of Israel was, mm -hmm. but you had never heard that he loved Lorna. Correct. So did you learn that from your mother-in-law, Thelma? No, or? actually, I wasn't saved yet. My very best friend to this day um, had gotten saved. Mm -hmm. She also was Jewish, and she prayed for me for a whole year, and then she started witnessing to me, but she gave me the gospel, my friend Nancy. And she was the one who persuaded me to read uh, the Gospel of John. Mm. She said, why, why don't you do that? And I read, I was putting my daughter to bed for a nap, and I'd sit and I would read because I wanted to know the truth. I didn't understand why Gentiles believe that a man was God. Mm. I, I wanted to know, is, who is Jesus? You know, if, and I knew that if I was wrong, and I knew Jewish history really well because I went to 12 years of Hebrew school, I knew God was always mad at us, mm. you know? <laughs> like, you can't read the Old Testament without realizing, I felt like we couldn't do anything right. We no. were always wrong about everything. And I thought, if we're wrong about this, then I am going to hell. Mm. And that w scared me a lot. And I needed to know the truth. So she told me, why don't you start, you know, read the Gospel of John. So I got to John 3.16, and I just put my own name in it. I, you know, I know we tell people today to do that. Nobody told me. I think the Lord must have just <laughs> told me. Mm -hmm. And I read, you know, for God so loved Lorna. And I never, ever heard that before because I always was afraid of punishment because of all the things that my people had done wrong. I was always looking at punishment. And I read uh, a little bit in Deuteronomy, and I, oh my goodness, I was shocked when I was reading, I think it was chapter 28, mm -hmm. I felt like I was reading the Holocaust in advance of what happened. Yeah. And I had never read it like that before. So John 3.16 was really what the Lord used to show me that he loves me. Mm. And that was, that was a big thing to me. Now in your story, and I kind of got you out of order a little bit, I'm sorry, but um, Nancy, you mm. were friends with Nancy since girlhood. 12 years old. But she, was, she wasn't raised in a home where they believed Jesus was the Messiah. No. So something is happening in her life 
a little bit earlier than yours when you're struggling through this. So what's going on in her life at this time? Well, she had moved to California, and she was working in a hospital out in California. And one of the nurses there was a believer. Mm. And that nurse started witnessing to her. And it took her a year of reading. She was reading everything, you know, and she finally got saved. But she was terrified to tell me because she told me afterwards, she said, well, you're so Jewish, you should have been a rabbi. (laughs) So she was afraid it would sever our friendship. So she just started praying for me. And then I had to go out to California on business, and I was already married. So I stopped at her house, and I told her, uh, we were talking, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder whether the Jewish people may have it wrong And so I started talking to her, and she said she was stunned. So then she took me aside, and she told me, she said, Lorna, I've become a Christian. And I said, you're not one of those born-again Christians, are you? (laughs) (laughs) And she said, yes. And she was a little nervous, and I said, but I was happy because I felt I finally had somebody I trusted who wouldn't try to... Uh, you know, who I could trust her to tell me the truth, and she wasn't going to try to persuade me one way or the other. So I just said, well, tell me what that means. Tell me what it is. What do you mean? And then she explained the gospel. I, it was so clear. I put it in my book, actually, mm-hmm. because I remember it to this day. It made so much sense. But just because it made sense, I still couldn't believe. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't generate faith. You know, God has to give you the faith to believe. I learned that. And I learned that you have to be very patient with people after you give them the gospel and they don't understand, they don't understand. God has to do it. Only God saves. So it's his time. So I wanted to believe, but I couldn't. Now, there are three people, uh, as I was reading your story, that are significant in your testimony. So first you have Thelma, your mother-in-law. Then you have Nancy. Yes. And she introduces you to someone. You, I don't, as far as I know, you've, you've not met him. Maybe you have, but that's Hal Lindsay. Have I, you met Hal Lindsay? I, I have should, met Hal Okay, Lindsay. so you've met Hal. She, yes. You're talking to Nancy, and she recommends that you read a book that recently came out at this time. Yes. And that really it spurs was, you on. Yes, and it, it's interesting. I read um, The Liberation of Planet Earth. Now, everybody knows the late, great planet Earth. That was, like, really big, and it was on the New York Times bestseller list. But the liberation of planet Earth, I was reading it when I got saved. I actually, he explained something about sacrifice, and I thought, this is it. This is the missing piece. I understand this. This is the truth. I know this is true. And that was when I got saved. And when I I went to the... uh, International Christian Booksellers Conference, and Hal Lindsey was there with some stuff, and I went up to him, and mm. I told him. He started crying when mm. I told him. And he said, it's interesting. He said, nobody's ever told me they got saved reading that <laughs> book. But he did tell me that he writes every book to an audience. His, he pictures his audience as a 14-year-old Jewish boy. Mm. And that was why I could understand what he was saying because he was using terminology I understood. He was pulling from my Hebrew school background, which I understood, and that was the book the Lord used in my life. Do you remember the date 
the, or, no, but it was right before Christmas. Okay. It was right before Christmas. I think it was 1981. And I had been looking for this book. And every time I go into a bookstore, they thought it was like an alien invasion or something. <laughs> and uh, I went to... Uh, I went to do some Christmas shopping at, in those days, was the Myrtle Beach Mall. I was down with my husband visiting his family. And there was a Christian bookstore in the Myrtle Beach Mall. And I thought, a Christian bookstore? I never heard of a Christian bookstore. So I went in and I asked, I said, do you have the book, The Liberation of Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey? And she said, I think I have one copy. And she walked me all the way to the back of the store and behind another book of a totally different title, she picked up the first book, and behind it was the one copy that God had put there just for me. Wouldn't let anybody else buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I read that book. I sat on my mother-in-law's couch, and I was reading and reading and reading. And I remember I got to the part where he was explaining in the book of Hebrews, he talked about the blood of bulls and goats, which I knew very well, the sacrificial system. And he said, if the blood of bulls and goats... Uh, took away the sin of man, why would it have to be done over and over and over again? And that it was just temporary until the one final sacrifice. And when I read that, I just knew. I knew that that was right. So when you become a, a believer, you become a Christian, um, from your background, that would have seemed like you've just abandoned your people completely. I felt that way too. Did you feel that yes. way when you became a believer? Yes, I did. How did that change over the because I know you now you don't you don't say oh I used to be Jewish no you're, I'm you're, Jewish you're Jewish I'm so what happened there well I have struggled with guilt for a long time and I couldn't take it anymore and I remember I was praying and praying and the Lord directed me to Romans 1 and I was reading um for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek or mm. Gentile. And it was like the Lord said to me, this is what I've been wanting for all Jews, Lorna. They missed it. This is, this is what I want for them all. I gave it. And all of a sudden I realized this was what, you know, this was right. I knew, it, I knew that, what I, that being a believer was right. But then it gave me almost a burden for everybody else who wasn't. And I, all the guilt just evaporated. I felt this was my mission now, yeah. you know. Well, on that note, um, a lot of my rabbi friends, they will often say uh, the difference between Judaism and Christianity is that Christianity is about creed, what you believe. Judaism is about deed, what you do. Uh, I always push back a little bit. I don't <laughs> think that's true. But how did you see your life changing how did it change after you came to faith in the Messiah? Well, the first thing I did was I went to church, which I hadn't done before. And it was right before, well, I, don't, I might not have the dates right, but I remember I went to church and they were doing communion. Mm. Now, I never told my husband I got saved because I, was, I felt funny, you mm. know. So I filled out a form that said I wanted to be baptized. So on Monday night, there was a knock on the door, and my husband said, well, that would be the Monday night visitation team coming. <laughs> and I said, what's that? So 
this wonderful couple from my church came in and started talking to us, and we were talking. And, and I, when they asked about faith, I said, I believe in Jesus. Now, to me, that was a huge confession because I didn't believe anything about Jesus before. But to them, it wasn't the right language. Sure. The, the lingo wasn't correct. So my husband just said, he was Southern, you know, he said, well, honey, I think you better tell him the whole story. <laughs> and that's when he got the whole story. And so then they told me about a women's Bible study at my church, at the church that we had gone to. So I went to that. And then I found out about Sunday school. I went to that and Wednesday. Night. So before I knew it, I was going to church all the time. And then at the women's Bible study, there was a woman there. Well, the first thing that happened at the ladies' Bible study was that I didn't know what was going on, you know. But I was a reporter, so I wasn't afraid to ask a question. So I'd raise my hand and, what does witnessing mean? I had no idea what witnessing meant. And they realized this woman, you know, she's not one of us. We need to be really nice to her. And they were. They were great to me. And uh, one of the women invited me to Christian Women's Club. In those days, Stonecroft Ministries had Christian Women's Club. And that was big in my area. They would get about 200 women to a luncheon. So she invited me, and then the next thing I knew, they wanted me on the board. I was a brand new believer, but they gave me this tiny little job. You know, it's not like they put me in a big job. They just gave me this small little job, I think, to see how I would do. And that opened up coming to the prayer coffee once a week, a Bible study once a week. I was spending every day I had a Bible study or something I was going to. And uh, my whole life changed. And it was a good thing, really, because I think it was two years later my husband died. But I had grown through all that because I was always in church. I was always in Bible study. I was always with believers. And I learned, I learned how to pray out loud, mm. which it's was new. different for me. In, in your own words, right. instead of reading, a, you know, reading words in Hebrew that I didn't understand. So the Lord really, I felt like he hugged me really tight and just grew me fast, mm. you know, because he knew what was going to happen and he wanted me to be prepared for it. Yeah. Well, there's so much more to your story, so much more. Uh, we've, as I said, we've only scratched the surface, the story of how you came to the Friends of Israel, the, how you met our, our oh, beloved yeah. Tom. Uh, there's so much here. And so I want to uh, just reiterate to my listeners and to those attending today, please get a copy of the search so you can read more about this. But um, Lorna, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your story with us today and oh, for coming on Gesher. Pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Gesher, a ministry outreach production of FOI Equip, your free resource for learning and engaging with the scriptures from a Jewish perspective. To learn more, visit foiequip.org. And for more information about Thai, visit foi.org forward slash Perry. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.